It's a sad old week in the Parkrun Adventurer's office this week, Mel. Tell me why. As you can hear, I've, I've, I've brought my own violins. <laughs> I've got a sad, sad tale to tell. And it's, um, it's your job this week not to make me laugh. If we could do that, I'd really appreciate it. Not to make you laugh. Well, mm. you know how funny I am, so I can't make you that promise. But why Why am I not making you laugh? I'm back in the stack club. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Scotty. And it's not a good about one. this. Yep. I know we talked about it, but uh, <laughs> there's words and then there's actions. And my actions are a disgrace on the trails. So I have vowed to retire from trail races and I'm, I'm seriously considering never running trails again. What? But I have 100% ruled out trail races. And to what do we owe this, this disgraceful behaviour? Well, I've had another fall on Sunday. Just the one this time? Last time there were three. Last there were three, but they were all little ones. And I knew they were happening, so I, I braced myself. Happening. You <laughs> didn't know this fall was happening? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> okay, talk us through it. 23k trail race down on um, the Anglesey on Sunday. Didn't treat it as a race. Ran with my mate Barney. And we had a bit of fun. Neither of us were looking to race it. And we're having a grand old time. And at about 20k in... Nice, real steep downhill on some steps, but steps made out of rocks. And I made the really smart decision early on a Sunday morning not to wear my trail shoes. Because having done this race last year, I remember it being quite tame and thought, nah, we'll just wear, we'll just wear the, the flats, the road shoes. What do we need extra grip for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. And uh, I needed that grip as I transitioned from steps to, you know, sometimes on trails there's the steps and then alongside of it there's like a half-worn, well-worn-out path. Yeah, that, that people obviously... have sort of taken the short track. Yeah, so I tried to go from steps to that path and it all went wrong. And I fell, I fell over and I really hurt myself. And it was one of those times where... I mean, I've fallen a lot on trails, and trail runners are really good because they stop and they say, you're right, and, you know, look after you. But this time that happened, and so the lovely young lady who was following me said, are you all right? And I said, no, <laughs> I'm not, because I really wasn't. I was really winded. I thought um, I couldn't breathe, and I had a real moment of panic, and it just really hurt. This one really hurt. Did you cry? I didn't cry. See, no. then it can't have been too bad. That That is how I gauge every stack. If you don't cry, then it's not serious. Mm. Okay, well, so maybe I've got to try harder. Yeah, I think so. Don't retire yet. But I tell you what, the, the remaining 3K were, weren't fun either. <laughs> but you finished this time. Yeah you, didn't, yeah. you didn't DNF. Well, I was so close to the finish that to, oh, it would have been 3K walk back to my car. So I might as well have walked, run it. And you were capable of running it or walk running it? It was pretty sore, but it was also one of those instances where I just wanted to be over with. 
I just figure once it's over with and you sort of you're back and you're sitting down, whether you're in your car or in in my case in the VIP tent, um, you just feel better about yourself. So that's what I wanted to get through. Is a VIP tent reserved for people that stack it? No, it's res- it's reserved for VIPs, Mel. <laughs> yeah, but how did you get in? Well, it was a competition and we won. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't an invitation. <laughs> no. You're like no. the wild card entries. Yeah, but I tell you what, it's the first I've ever heard of it and it's a really good idea. So the, the North Face Trail Series down here in Melbourne, they've run throughout their series. They've given a VIP tent to the just a random team entry. And the Westerfoldians won this VIP tent. And in the VIP tent, you had a hamper and you had some chips and chocolates and Coke, but you also had a massage if you wanted it. Nice. So I made sure I joined the queue for that. After you'd had your stack? Well, see, that also came with complications because if, you're, if you've ever had a massage, um, you've got to lie down on your front. That depends on the massage, but yeah, okay. True. Well, I had to lie down on my front, and it was my front that's really sore. So I was caught in two worlds. Do I put up with the pain of lying down to receive the joy of the massage on my legs, or do I forego the massage altogether? So tell me, you obviously broke your fall with the front. Did you break it with your face? Are we looking like Rocky Balboa these days? No, no, no. It was full, full... Cop the full brunt right on my chest. So right on my sternum and on the left <laughs> left side of my rib cage. So what, you like, sh- you stick your chest out and you put your head back and your arms back? How does that even work? I don't know. I wish I had a camera there to see it. <laughs> but I didn't, unfortunately. I'll have to ask the woman behind me. You would be replaying it so often if you had video footage of that. And I bet you would be pissing yourself laughing. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Because you know what, I'm, it's, I'm a sucker for, you know, I used to love Australia's Funniest Home Videos. And I only liked it to see the kid get hit in the face with a ball. Yeah. <laughs> or stack it. Yeah. Oh, Fall off the trampoline face first. Yeah. You know, get well, taken the, out by a swing. All those sorts of things. There's a really bad show on Seven, mate, Fail Army, and they've got a Facebook page. And I quite often get stuck in loops of just watching people fail. <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> and this hurts. <laughs> next, time, next time you have a trail race, you should totally wear like a GoPro on your head so you could have like that sort of footage but from from the first person perspective. Yeah. And you should give one to the Barneys of the world so that they can catch you from either behind or uh, in front. Yeah. Well, see, I obviously made an impact because Barney was ahead of me. He was, a, he was a little bit ahead of me and there was a guy in between us. And the guy heard you go down, did he? Well, no, the guy in between us stopped Barney and said, oh, Matt, Barney, I think your mate's had a fall. <laughs> so, so Barney's come back and, and rescued me. And again, to prove the point that um, runners are great people, Barney finished the race with me. Oh, that's hilarious. Did you ruin your shirt? Um, no, so remarkably, not much. Blood or grazing, shoulders a little bit sore, but apart from that, um, no, not much blood this time. Oh, so it's all like internal. Yeah, well, so so when I'm when I'm asking for sympathy or seeking sympathy, 
It's hard to get because bruised ribs doesn't look like anything. It's just, it's there. You didn't, you didn't even break anything. No, it could, could have. But if you, if you crack ribs or break ribs, there's nothing they can do anyway. So I'm not going to spend time sitting in a hospital to tell me there's nothing they can do. Well, no, that's not what you go to the hospital for. You go to the hospital for validation that, yeah, you broke your ribs and, yeah, you deserve those violins and sympathy. Sympathy. Well, I deserve them. Trust me on this one. Take my word for it. Okay. I will try not to make you laugh for the remainder of the podcast. So tell me about Main Beach, which is where you visited on Saturday. Well, Main Beach was awesome. So... I had been hoping to head out that way um, because my brother was planning on running his 50th park run there on the weekend. But then other things transpired during the week that uh, we thought it wasn't going to happen. And then last minute on the Friday, it was go. It was all go. And um, so we did get to go up. Uh, we went and stayed in Brisbane on Friday night. We packed uh, the whole car full of all of Wes's things and then Adam and I squeezed our little bag in the side somewhere. And um, and we headed down south. And yeah, it was a really wonderful morning. I felt very at home at Main Beach. Well, it is the home of Parkrun. Well, yeah, it is. And the spiritual home. And also, it's. I can see why it was the first, you know. It's, it's just a gorgeous spot. Um, we were unreliably told about the course so Adam has freedom run at Main Beach before and he I I haven't even done that but he told my brother and sister-in-law that um oh yeah you can't actually see the ocean and he had told me that (laughs) (laughs) um <laughs> he told me that that there were all these big sandy bits and it wasn't suitable for a pram. So Wes was in the carrier, which is a lot more difficult than a pram. I get there and the the sandy bits he's talking about are like nothing. Our pram would have eaten them and I could have had a much faster um, easier time of it and not had a sore back for the rest of the day and you know we we get to the turnaround and come back and there's all these gorgeous ocean views and you see the waves rolling in and it's just like were you even paying attention were your eyes open when you did this freedom run because it's nothing like what he described he didn't do the right freedom run well he did it after dark so I think that must be you know the difference he, he big difference didn't see the ocean and and wasn't really paying attention to how deep the sandy bits were when he ran through them either. So, well, look, I mean, the hard the, the ocean is hard to spot. I mean, if if you don't look left coming back, you're going to miss it. <laughs> if you have your eyes closed coming back, you're going to miss it. <laughs> yeah, you don't I even mean, need to look to the side; <laughs> it's all in your peripheral vision. There are some trees or bushes, and if you focused on the bushes you might not see the ocean uh, you, yeah you'd, you'd have to be very focused on like an individual leaf to the right of you not to see the ocean but that's okay but this is one of the reasons why I felt so at home because obviously my home park run is right beside the beach and runs up and down beside the beach and this one does of too, course so. yeah it was gorgeous and the volunteers of course were very welcoming and very lovely which is always nice and so, yeah, we had a great morning out. Um, Nicholas ran his 50th park run with Adam and Michelle and his daughter, Rowan, 
his daughter, his son Rowan. I ran, um, his daughter Lani ran with me. After five, well, we walked, and after 500 metres, she decided she she really wished we could run, and I had to explain to her, well, we can't run because I can't run with Wes and a carrier. And uh, so I think she regretted her decision for the next three kilometres until we got to the final stretch where her parents came back to meet her and she could run in. But Rowan got a PB. He smashed it by about oh, more than a minute he took off his time. He ran his first sub-30 park run, eight-year-old, doing pretty well and he ran the whole way as well so that was awesome he's been foxing he hasn't been trying hard enough uh, well his little sister ran uh she beat his pb the previous week so i think he he had a bee in his bonnet about that and he was like right can't let my sister who's two years younger than me beat me so um yeah but everybody had a really great morning wonderful breakfast afterwards at the pavilion as well which is always a winner you want to have a good breakfast after parkrun, especially when you're out on a tourist jaunt. I thought you were too ahead of me on the most events list, but we're even again. Yeah, this was your mistake. I I tried to tell you I was only one ahead of you, <laughs> but you convinced me, and I've I've known better to try and argue with you. Okay. But um, we're even again, which is which is exciting. It is exciting for for many many people, not just you and I. Yes. The, the graph will be updated, I've no doubt, either by Christopher Hill or by Mark Connolly. One of them will update the graph for us and we'll have to share it with everybody. Great. So everyone can keep tabs of what's going on. Yes. But um, I've, I've run Main Beach too. I've run it a couple of times. Freedom ran it and officially ran it. it it's like the perfect parkrun course. It's, it's got a little bit of a mix of surfaces. It's got a little bit of a mix of going up and down. And it's an out and back, but you actually don't go You out don't and cross back, back on, on the yeah. runners. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of a, a really skinny loop, which is great because, I mean, yeah, it's nice to see people coming back. But I didn't even realize. I came 275th, and I had no concept that there were that many runners out there on mm. the morning because they all weren't, you know, bearing back down on us as we were sort of heading out. So... And I think that's kind of nice to have that extra little bit of space. It helps reduce congestion and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, great. Great. So the Parkrun Adventurers officially give Main Beach the tick of approval. We do. Two we thumbs sh- up. We should start licensing that out. The Parkrun Adventurers tick of approval. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That's, that's quite some adventures by the adventurers this week and more to come next week but we won't go into that because we'll save that for future podcasts we are the parkrun adventurers so when we have guests on the podcast we like to find other adventurers and we found one mel Welcome to the podcast, Emma Timmis, who is on a crazy adventure where she's on an elliptigo, travelling from the furthest point of our country, in the western point of our country, to the furthest eastern point. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. Thank you very much for having me. Now, firstly, before we get to details, well, actually, let's go to details. What is an elliptigo? Okay, so... If you are someone that's familiar with going to a gym, then you would know about a cross trainer or an elliptical bike. So 
an elliptigo is basically the same as that, but outdoors. And if you're not so familiar with going to a gym, then maybe you can imagine in your head a bicycle that doesn't have a saddle. So you have to stand up the whole time and you're kind of pedaling while you're standing up. That's that's essentially what it is. And so what, what is the benefit of having it apart from the fact that, you know, normal bikes have really hard seats and give you a sore backside? What's the benefit of, of, of running on a bike and not just on the ground? Yeah, well, so like you just said, that's what it is. It's running on a bike. So they were originally designed for injured runners to be able to train the same muscles that you would be training while running, but with no impact going through your joints. So that that was how they were kind of, um, that's how the idea came up. And actually, when when you have a go on an elliptigo, it's, it's such a great feeling. So I'm just staying here with some friends in Mandurah in Western Australia. And just this evening, I let them both have a go on the elliptigo and and they love it and it's funny like the minute that you put somebody onto one of them they have a massive smile on your on their face the the way that the movement that it creates in your body just instantly makes you feel really good it's it's really it's a, a really great thing to have a go on any anybody should have a go and see how you feel about it now are you still going to feel the same way after how many kilometers are you planning on traveling on this thing yeah, so so altogether, my my estimate of the journey when I've done a, a rough plan on the internet has been eight thousand kilometres. I mean, it could end up slightly longer, it could end up slightly shorter, but it's roughly eight thousand. But um, I think I don't, I don't want to speak too soon, obviously, but um, I think I will still feel the same way. I mean, I've been training on it for quite a few months now. Back in the UK, I was training on an elliptico. And I've been kindly given one to use out here by Elliptico Australia. Um, so I spent quite a bit of time on it and, and I actually missed it as soon as as soon as I had to give the one back in the UK. I actually really missed being on it. It just it really does give you a really good feeling when you're on it. But may, maybe this is because I'm a runner. So I love running myself and unfortunately have had injuries over the past few months. So being able to train on an Elliptico has been a lifesaver really for me. Um and it just it feels so nice. You get like all all the fresh air around you and the environment. And when you go downhill and that feeling that you get when you're on a normal bike and you go downhill, you get that even more because there's so much more of your body exposed. You're not sat down. Um, it, it's a really great feeling. I'm, I'm trying to imagine what it must look like to run on one of these things, Emma. And and so far, I'm I'm thinking you must only be able to go a certain speed in terms of like how fast you can run on it without like stacking it or falling off. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I, I can see how people would think that, but actually when you're on it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that at all. Um, there might be a slight difference between the different models. So the model of Elliptigo that I was using in the UK was an eight speed. So you did kind of, if you're someone that's quite fit, you you got to a point where you couldn't um, use a high enough gear. Your legs would just spin. And I think that's maybe what you're kind of thinking about. Um, and there wasn't enough that you could push harder and harder. But the, the one that I'm using now in Australia is an 11 speed. So it's got much higher gears. So you can keep you can keep that motion going and still keep increasing your speed. Um, yeah, I've not had any problems that, you know, I've got to a point where there's not enough gears now and I'm, I'm just spinning around. 
Okay, so it works in the way a traditional bike with speeds works then. You know, you, you put a certain amount of effort into it and, and it propels forward sort of faster. Yeah, definitely. So um, you could you could be in a really low gear and get a really high cadence with your legs. So your legs are spinning and spinning and spinning, which is great for, for when you're going up hills. Like uh, people over here keep saying to me, there's no hills around here. The roads are really flat. But I tell you what, when you're towing a trailer, <laughs> you feel like there's hills. There's definitely hills in Western Australia, whatever people say. Um, so I've been using the, the really low gears and just like spinning, getting really high cadence with my legs. But then I have the option that if I'm going downhill or I'm on a flat and the wind's behind me, I can choose a really high gear and kind of pedal less but have more resistance behind me and push forward faster. So, yeah, it's exactly the same as a bike in terms of the gears. And you mentioned there you're carrying a trailer with you. So you're doing this entire journey by yourself? Yeah, exactly. So it's uh, solo and self-supported. And I've got a trailer, which, I mean, it's very, very fortunate that, um, so today is day 10 and I, I started in Denham and I've traveled back down south to where my friend lives. So I came to my friend's house originally and got all my kit together and got organized, then got a coach up to Denham and then I've traveled back down. So now it's really nice. That I've come back to my friend's house and I've actually been able to go, you know, what? my trailer is way too heavy. I've got to get rid of this. I've got to get rid of that. Blah, 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 blah. I've been sorting out all my kit. And hopefully, I'm really hoping I've lost about 10 kilos of weight out of my trailer because it's been really hard. Actually, my trailer has been way too heavy. I've got my tent, my food, my water, my cooking equipment, all my clothes that I need, everything. Everything that basically you need to survive I've got in the back of that trailer and it's, it's been too much. I've had lots of spares for the elliptico as well because I wasn't sure what might get damaged um, and what might need replacing. So I've come back here and I've had a reorganisation of all my kit and hopefully when I leave tomorrow morning to continue the rest of the trip, hopefully I've got a lot less and it's going to get a bit easier. Fingers crossed. That was a handy bit of planning. You had a preview <laughs> of what you were installed I'm just for. very fortunate that that's how it's worked out. <laughs> Oh, very, very lucky. Now, you're doing all this to raise awareness and some funds for the One Girl Foundation. Yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so One Girl is a charity that's based out of Melbourne, and they give education and empowerment to women in Uganda and Sierra Leone, where statistically the girls are more likely to be sexually abused than they are to go to high school. And for me, that's... It's just an unacceptable statistic, really. Um, I'm very fortunate that I come from a very comfortable background. I, I wasn't, we weren't rich, but we weren't poor when I was growing up. I, I had a loving family. I went to school. I had a house. I had water, food, etc. All the things that a human being needs. And I feel that girls in these countries that don't have that, I feel we we should help them. You know, we're we're all human beings on this earth, and apart from geographically where we are there's no difference between us and the fact that these girls in Sierra Leone and Uganda are more likely to be sexually abused than to go to high school is absolutely shocking to me so I really want to make a difference to to those lives out there and the charity has got really nice projects set up that they're not a case of just giving money and saying here you go this is it do something with it 
um, they're, they're setting in programs to educate and to empower and to teach women to have their own businesses and pass on skills rather than just saying, here's the money for, for one item and then you go and use that. It, it's setting in foundations to, to create education and to create foundations for the future. Sounds like a fabulous organisation. Emma, where does, I understand, I want to raise awareness for this, but where does the idea come from that you travel from the westernmost point to the easternmost point on an elliptigo in Australia come from? Oh, well, that's quite a long-winded story, I suppose. Um, (laughs) So I've done lots of different things, lots of different adventures throughout my life. I think I kind of get itchy feet every now and then. Uh, I always think I'm going to settle down and have a, a normal civilised life and then I get an idea in my head and then one thing leads to another and off I go. So um, back in 2014, I ran across Africa and then so I, I left my job and my career to be able to do that. And then from then on, I just kind of had um, like seasonal jobs earned some money and then went off and did another adventure and then got another job, earned some money, went off and did another adventure. And then I realized that all of these adventures that I'd done were all very inland. I never I never saw the ocean. So for example, running across Africa, I started in the ocean. I was inland for three months and then I saw the ocean at the end. And um, I had a bit of a, a thought in my head that I really wanted to explore, explore like a, a beautiful coastline. And obviously, Australia has an absolutely stunning coastline. So this was, this was part of an idea in my head. And around the same time, a friend of mine came to my house to deliver something on an elliptigo. I had a go on the elliptigo, and I'll be absolutely honest with you, I was terrible. I was really, really awful. My mum had a go on the elliptigo on that same day, and she doesn't do any exercise, and she was way better than me. <laughs> it was quite embarrassing. <laughs> She's twice my age, and she was absolutely brilliant on it and I was terrible but after having a go on it I just you know the idea stuck in my head about obviously I'm a runner and these things are designed for injured runners I've done a lot of cycle touring really enjoy the idea of traveling somewhere by human power um all these ideas just came together and yeah it, it just kind of it grew from that really that I wanted to to go somewhere and explore a coastline on an elliptigo and at first I looked at Perth to Sydney. Lots of people cycle Perth to Sydney. That's um, relatively common in terms of endurance sports. Um, but I didn't feel that it, it it challenged me enough. So somebody actually said to me, oh, if, if you cycled that, if you did the elliptical cycle, Perth to Sydney, would that be the hardest thing you'd ever done? And my answer was no. I didn't think it would be the hardest thing that I'd ever done because it would probably take me two months. And I was thinking, well, I ran across Africa. That was three months. This is all very random thoughts just in my own head. Um, so then I thought, well, is Perth to Sydney? Is that the furthest west or the furthest east? And then I looked at it and it wasn't. And I thought, well, that adds on probably 1,500 kilometres being the furthest west or the furthest east. So I looked at that and not many people do it. So I thought, well, maybe I'll give that a go. And uh, the idea went from there, really, just exploring the coastline furthest west to furthest east on the elliptical bike which as soon as I as soon as I started using it regularly absolutely fell in love with riding it and that was it and then and that's when I added in the park run thing as well because um people say that if you ride the elliptical bike if you ride an elliptigo regularly your running fitness will improve without actually doing any running without having the impact through your joints and I thought well surely there's got to be a way to test this out 
so I could do with some kind of um, some kind of way of measuring it over the time. So I thought, well, if I start my elliptical ride and do uh, a park run at the beginning, and then if I do them throughout and do one at the end, then surely I'll I'll see well I'll see what happens basically whether my fitness does improve or or whether it stays the same or or goes less. So, so I wanted to incorporate park runs as well, but unfortunately, I did actually get injured a few months ago. So, until yesterday, I hadn't done any running at all for about six weeks. Oh, this 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 story raises so many questions for me. So, for, for starters, no, that's okay. This is good. Um, for starters, I love the fact that you know it wasn't hard enough, so you needed to add extra levels of hard. Um, you mentioned earlier that your trailer is too heavy, and you've just taken ten kilos off it. But you said to me, coastline. You wanted to do coastline, and coastline in Australia tends to be quite windy. How how do you cope with the winds when you're on an elliptico? Well, this this is where my stupidity comes into it because <laughs> I just I just never you know you you have this image in your head when you're sat at home probably inside a building not like related to the environment at all there's no wind there's no rain there's nothing you're sat inside a building very very comfortable and you think oh I've got this image in my head I'm going to be in Australia basically I'm on a beach the sun's in the air like I'm I'm wearing a bikini I'm really warm blah 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 but th- that's not that's not reality is it like you said you know the coastline is very windy so the past nine days when I've been on the elliptico I've had like a headwind pretty much all the time and I've had rain I wasn't expecting that when I was in Geraldton um I bumped into someone that said they were having the worst rain in like 10 or 20 years I don't know what he said exactly <laughs> but it was I can guarantee you it was awful rain I think there was a hailstorm in in the night while I was in my tent um so I hadn't really factored that in but um I want, I'm one of those people that I always try and look on the most positive side of things that I possibly can and while I've been battling against the wind and the rain heading south through Australia I've just been thinking you know what it's only going to make me stronger like this trailer is ridiculously heavy and I'm going up hills and I've got a headwind and it's raining (laughs) it's only going to make me stronger just stick with it keep going keep going keep going I'll just try try my best to be as positive as I can. Now I'm no meteorologist but I think you should have some tailwinds for the rest of your journey because I think the wind comes from the west. So one of the reasons that I wanted to do it at this time of the year was that I was told that crossing, so crossing the Nullarbor is one thing that keeps coming up time and time again. Everyone's really interested in it and I personally am really interested in crossing the Nullarbor. It's going to be a huge challenge and it's going to be something that's quite unique and not many people get to do it. People don't do it in a car, let alone on a bike. Um, but I was told that crossing the Nullarbor, you're going to get winds. But at this time of year, the wind will be behind me. If I'd have done it at the opposite time of year, the wind would be against me. So that's a major factor in why I'm doing it this time of year. Let's go back to park runs. Speaking of something positive, mm. you, um, you want to link in <laughs> as many park runs as possible, and you've already started one. You you hit up Applecross Park Run. So you're running. You're real running for the first time. How did that go? It went really well. I I didn't want to push myself, so it was it was actually really quite nice and quite relaxing because I'm I'm a runner that has previously suffered with anxiety because I've put too much pressure on myself, which I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I bet a lot of people do it that 
you know you get to a certain level with your running and then you just you feel like you have to improve 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 all the time and it gets too much pressure and perhaps you start to stop enjoying running so I've, I've experienced that in the past but actually doing a park run yesterday was it was great because I haven't run for six weeks and I'm not in the best condition for running but I do feel quite fit after being on the elliptical so I just I just ran and went went slowly I actually stopped and took photos at some points and it was really nice just to relax and enjoy that feeling of running and especially after towing a trailer for the past few days it was quite nice to not be towing something behind me and not pulling and having a massive weight so actually it was just the whole experience was really nice and the apple cross park run is lovely everyone that was there was so friendly really really nice environment beautiful absolutely stunning scenery looking across the water at perth at the the buildings there and Oh, absolutely stunning. Definitely recommend it to anyone. So that was your first park run in Australia altogether? Uh, no, uh, it was my second. So I came to Mandurah, where I am right now, visiting my friend. I came in January and did, oh, I can't actually remember the name of the park run, but it's the one that's near Mandurah. It, it's not called Mandurah Park Run. Um, not entirely sure what it is, but it, that was also a really good one. Really, really friendly bunch of people. How long is the whole trip expected to take you? So I estimate, and I really hope, <laughs> that it's no more than 10 or 11 weeks. So that would be, I mean, I've estimated that the whole distance is 8,000 kilometres, and I would like to cover on average 100 kilometres a day, so 80 days. I actually, as I'm a foreigner in this country, I only have a three-month visa, so it really can't take much more than that. Otherwise, there's going to be some problems at the airport. <laughs> you got a good excuse. Oh yeah, I mean, I was I was travelling on an elliptico trying to raise money <laughs> for charity, so they got to be good to me. Well, Emma, good luck with the whole adventure. I think it sounds, you know, it, it sounds exciting but it also sounds like you've set yourself up for quite a challenge um make sure you look us up i'm in melbourne make sure you come and visit some of the park runs in melbourne when you get here you are coming through melbourne yeah i am i'm actually i'm going to be that's the only place i'm going to be stopping for two days because the the charity that i'm raising money for is based in melbourne and also i've got some great elliptico contacts in melbourne i don't know if you guys have seen many elliptico riders while you've been out and about, but I think there's quite a few in Melbourne. I can't say I have, but um, oh. Melbourne's a big city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have a look out. Try and find some. Have a go. Yeah. I will. I will Love now it. that I know all about it. I'm in Queensland, so we, we certainly don't have any this far up. But if, you know, you get bored at the end and or you find yourself you've got a few extra days, then, yeah, feel free to keep going north. We've got some gorgeous coastline up here. I can show you some beautiful park runs. Yeah, I'll, I'll just ignore immigration. I'll just keep going and going and going. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just hope you get a park runner as the immigration officer and explain the whole story and you'll be right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're pretty no, laid back here in Australia. Fine, no problem. <laughs> but seriously, yeah. good luck with everything, Emma, and thanks for joining us on the podcast this week. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great.
there are not many people, or I should say there are many people, who can blame a certain individual for getting them into running and for causing them to do all sorts of adventures. That person for me is our next guest. She hails from Nambour Parkrun where she is the event director and her name is Melissa Taylor. Melissa, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Thank you, Melissa. So yes, I do blame you directly for being the person who instigates a lot of my adventures. How, how do you plead? Um, totally guilty and I have to say my biggest success yet is getting you to do your first marathon, which you swore you'd never do. <laughs> your success, my monkey on my back because I have to go back. That's okay. Everybody's got a different perspective. But tell us a little bit about Nambour Park Run. At the moment, we um, we call it the toughest park run in Australia. We've We've got one or two hills, um, maybe a few more. It depends if you count the downs as well. We are 100% trails. We're not big because you're you're not going to smash out a 5K PB if you come out and visit us. But, um, yeah, we get a few tourists to come out and try that. So on that, Melissa, we have a lot of guests come on the podcast and they nominate their top three park runs. Nambour has been mentioned a few times. But every time it's been mentioned, the hills have been mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I think it's working for you. I think everybody's coming to visit Nambour Park Run to experience the hills, not the opposite that some might think. Have you found that to be the case? I think so. I think they want to see if it's earned its reputation. And we've only ever had three people crack the 20-minute mark and it always happens when I'm not there. So I think the general rule is that Nambour Park Run course records gets broken when I'm not around. Okay, so on average, how, how how many minutes do you think it adds to your average park run time then? Oh, five. Five? <laughs> well, for me, five, yeah. Maybe I'll take it a bit easier. I'm at sloth case I'm doing it. But, um, uh, yeah, between three and five minutes, I'd say. That's a decent average, I think. And I, I don't think it's only the fact that you've got hills that slows people down. I think it's possibly because you're on a loop course and those faster runners, if they don't know where they're going, potentially might get lost. Have you lost too many people out there? Uh, <laughs> yes, not too many. No, we haven't lost too many. We've lost um, two or three. That's not a lot. And they were all found eventually, so that's a hundred percent success rate. <laughs> In the same day? No, 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 no. <laughs> Nambour also has a reputation for some scrapes, and you guys have your very own stack club, of which you are president of the Sunshine Coast chapter. I understand. Absolutely, yes. I'm president of the Sunshine Coast Stack Club. And um, it's not exclusive to Nambour Park Run. You don't need to be on trails to have a stack. So we welcome roadrunners into the stack club as well. But Nambour, if you have a stack at our park run, you do earn a badge and a place on my roll of honour. So this is right up my alley, Melissa. I've, um, <laughs> I've had a decent old stack on the weekend on the trails and I've, I've sworn off trail running forever. Oh, what's wrong? 
Well, it just hurts. Do you find when you fall over, it hurts? That's my biggest problem. It does. It hurts. And, um, yeah, kind of embarrassing. Depends how you do it. If you can turn it into a commando role, it kind of looks hardcore. But, yeah, it's not always glamorous, no. Yeah, look, I'm not too worried about the aesthetics and trying to maintain my composure because that's just never going to happen. I've just, I'm really focused on that every time I fall over, I manage to hurt myself and it stops me running. But uh, I'm willing to be convinced otherwise and uh, maybe I need to visit Nambour Park Run to uh, visit the president of the Stack Club to change my mind. Well, absolutely, I think you should. But um, you have to, you can't go out and deliberately try to earn your Stack Club badge. We don't just give them out willy-nilly. You do have to earn it. I'm pretty sure Scotty doesn't deliberately try to stack. He's just a bit vertically challenged when he's on the trails. I'd be, I'd be surprised anybody does go out and try and earn it. It must be an impressive badge then. <laughs> well, I, I mean, we're pretty happy with it. We're pretty proud of it, yes. Sarah, one of our run directors, designed it and created them and um, we keep them in our first aid kit. The most appropriate place to keep them, I think, because people have to present the uh, evidence of said stack before you hand out a badge. Absolutely. Now, um, Melissa, you have done a bit of travelling around and you've been to some different parkrun events and things like that. Can you give us your top three? Oh, actually, when we went to New Zealand this year, we went to a little tiny parkrun called Millwater in Auckland. And the people there, I think the people make the park run, they were just absolutely beautiful, fantastic, just a little family. It's only a small park run, but they were just awesome people. So I think just the park run spirit, Millwater Park Run in Auckland, Bunyaville, let's put Bunyaville up there. Again, small park run, but really welcoming. When we were looking at setting up Nambour, we popped down there for a visit and they were so helpful to us and gave us a lot of ideas and hints and yeah I love the trails so yeah Bunyaville's right up there. Uh, Gin and Dara down in Canberra I like like that one yeah I, I think those ones I don't want to pick any on Sunshine Coast because I don't want to play favourites but um, Mamble. Ah uh, well that was, that's always our disclaimer you're not allowed to choose your own park run. Oh okay well I didn't hear the disclaimer. <laughs> well, I didn't give it to you this episode. <laughs> Melissa, how did you get in? How did you get involved in running, and what was the motivation for starting up Nambour Park Run? I used to run at high school, and then as soon as I left school, I just stopped and became a couch potato, like you do. Then I started a boot camp, thinking we'd just be doing a couple of push-ups and maybe throwing a tire or something around. And they had this other idea that we were going to be running around football fields and getting fit. And I don't run. I said, I, I haven't run since high school. And they said, we well, better start now. So I had to start running. And I was doing this boot camp with a couple of friends and we got from the stage running around a couple of football fields to thinking that we could actually run 10K. And that was a huge shock to my system. But I got there and from there it just kind of escalated. Just became addictive. And Ramble Park Run, well, Melissa got um, me involved in Kiwana and one day one of the guys there said, 
you know, people, you better step up and help Melissa out and put your hand up to be a run director. She can't run this on her own. Public speaking is one of my hugest fears and I thought I'd confront that fear by becoming a run director. So I became a run director at Kiwana and then maybe a year later I got a call from Darren at the Anytime Fitness Gym in Nambour looking to set up a park run in Nambour and it was kind of an embarrassing phone call, very awkward. He phoned me up and said, oh, I hope you don't mind this call. I'm Darren from Anytime Fitness Gym in Nambour and your phone number was given to me by Neil. And I got a bit snappy thinking he was a telemarketer and said, I already have a membership with the gym, thank you. And he said, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I just wanted to ask you about parkrun. So anyway, he had the idea of setting up a parkrun in Nambour. So we looked at all the parks around Nambour and couldn't find anything that would be suitable or attract people to Nambour because it's got a bit of a reputation. And we even drove all the way out to Bly Bly. And we're driving back from Bly Bly this one afternoon. I'm looking up at Radar Hill where I go out running. Instead, there's one more place I can think of, but there's no way in the world they're going to let us hold it there. And he said, oh, why not? And I said, well, it's in the bush. There's no toilets. There's no water. It's you know, really rough. And he goes, well, show me anyway. So I took him on a tour around this core and he said, this is awesome. We've got to have it here. We've got to have it here. And I said, oh, well, I'll see. I'll put him the, put us the question and see what happens. And then that's it. Here we are. Here you are. You're going strong. One of the most famous park runs in Australia. You're about to clock up 100 runs, which is quite an achievement as well. I want to just go back quickly to, you mentioned you had a fear of public speaking, but now you're an event director, you do it regularly. How have you found that whole public speaking side of Parkrun? It does not get any easier. I get up there to do the run briefing and I still feel like a thunderbird, like I'm having an out-of-body experience or something or someone. No, it's not easy for me still. But you keep going back and doing it. So do you have any advice for people who have that fear? Because I think there's some great run directors and event directors out there who this is stopping them from taking that step. Have you got any advice for those people? Just do it. Just jump in, both feet, and um, have a crack at it. I get tongue-tied, probably blurted out a few things that maybe shouldn't have, but, um, yeah, absolutely have a go. It's um, so rewarding, honestly. For somebody who thinks they um, look like a Thunderbird or have Thunderbird moment, yeah, I have to say, I, I've been on the receiving end of one of, of many of your um, pre-run briefs and you do a great job. So you hide it very well if you feel like a puppet. <laughs> oh, thank you. But you don't know the beads of sweat on my forehead and the hot flushes. And... Not at all, not at all. You, you wear it like a pro. No, nobody would know any different, I'm sure of it. Last weekend, you had a bunch of Bunyaville runners, the Bunya Bells, come to enjoy your course. And afterwards, you took them out on a bit of a magical mystery tour. I did, yes. We um, just went out and did another uh, few extra Ks, just to introduce them to a few more hills in case they didn't get enough for the first time round. And they were most impressed. They We missed out on Mungle Hill, but they got to meet his little sister. They, they really loved to meet her. Well, so they're very lucky that they didn't get to meet Mungrel because 
they might not come back after that. It's it's hospitable to take people out for a little bit of an extra run if they've still got energy in their legs. But I think introducing anyone to mongrel on the first date is possibly not the right way to go. Oh, I see. Oh, I guess that's manful for you. Um, like I said, the town's got a bit of a rough reputation. So as first dates go, that would be right off our alley, really. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm coming up to the Sunshine Coast in a few weeks' time. I want to be introduced to this mongrel hill. Well, I think I do. <laughs> oh, Scotty! Really? You're I've going to too regret soon. that. <laughs> you, well, it's too late now. You said it. I think your love affair with trials is about to start up again, Scott. Okay. Well, that's what I need. I mean, I've only been off them for a couple of days, so I can be easily convinced. We'll get Melissa to bring a badge just in case. <laughs> well, that's not helping things, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> is this a good time to mention that we probably hold the record for the most rolled ankles on our course as well? Uh, well, you you haven't done done your ankle in yet, have you, Scotty? That's one limb that's still intact. So no, so that's good. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Melissa, thanks thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. We've always wanted to hear about Nambour Park Run, and you've done that. Congratulations on making a hundred events. That's two years of putting on Parkrun, which is quite an achievement. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thanks for coming on the Parkrun Adventures and chatting to Mel, who you do all the time, but me this week. <laughs> nice to finally chat to you, Scotty. And I look forward to our date with um, Mungrel in a few weeks' time. Yeah, put it in your diary. Can't wait. My name's Ricky McGreevy and I've just arrived at Colin Glen Parkrun in Northern Ireland. Um, I came here last week as well, so I know the course already. It's very beautiful. Um, but I'll just give you a bit of information about Parkrun in Northern Ireland. There's 20, 25 parkruns, which is quite a lot for, um, you know, it's a fairly small area. Um, Colin Glen is typical of all parkruns. It's organised by a lovely bunch of volunteers. Everyone is really friendly and welcoming. And there's a huge range of people who come, walkers, runners, um, varying ages and paces. Um, Colin Glen, though, I think is a bit different because it's situated in this beautiful um, green woodland and it follows the Colin River. Um, a lot of work has gone into this area to rejuvenate the area. Um, basically, it was a dumping ground in the mid-1980s. Um, and now it's just stunning and there's quite a few things that you can do in the park itself. There's several marked trails and walks. Um, there's mountain biking, a sky rope course, and there's a Gruffalo trail for the kids, which is really great. Um, yeah, so the hills here are massive. It's, um, yeah, they're never ending. <laughs> But if it wasn't for the really scenic route um, to distract you from the hills, I think you'd be really dying. Um, anyway, I'll see who I can chat to. Okay, we've just finished our park run. It is so hilly. It's really, really hard. Um, the way down is brilliant, though. It's quite exhilarating on the way down. Um, so I'm here with Jared Devine. He's a regular here at Parkrun. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? Yeah, good. So this is your 50th Parkrun today? It is, yeah. 50th. 
50th park run uh, and it's still it feels like it's the first one it, yeah. it's something different every every week it's something completely different every week different community different faces but all the same friendly faces if you yeah. know what I mean it's hard different people same friends definitely yes that yeah. type of thing so have you done all your park runs here at Colin Glen uh, vast majority would be here but I have sampled maybe five or six other park runs yep. uh, and it's the same sort of thing you know but we pride ourselves on Colin Glen here because we are the toughest I agree. This is definitely the toughest I've done before as well. So what do you reckon parkrun means to you? Why do you like coming back? Uh, well, I sort of feel that, that parkrun uh, clears my head, keeps me ready, puts me on a level, sort of feeling a level, a level pitch for the weekend, opens up the weekend for me and, and has my full Saturday. It's a great way to start the weekend yeah, and it's sort of a sort of power boost to keep you into the weekend, you know, after a hard week's work, you know, yeah, so it's, it's a bit of escapism more than anything else, yeah. but great friendship. Yeah, and especially in escapism through that um, beautiful forest, I reckon, too. Um, so here we've got Paula Burns. This is her 106th park run. How are you going, Paula? Tired, but I'm good. <laughs> so you haven't done all your park runs here at Colin Glen. Where else have you done your park runs? So I done the first fifty in a park run just down the road. There, Falls Park Run, which is hilly as well, but not quite as steep as this one. So, yeah. and then I've done the rest of them here. So this is your home park run now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you love about park run then? Again, like Jared said, it's getting up on a Saturday morning, and I don't know about anybody else, but I wake up with a feeling of dread of, oh my God, I have to do those hills. Yeah. <laughs> but once it's done, you have a real sense of achievement yeah. that sets you up for the rest of the day, and the great people here have made some great friends yeah. here, yeah. proper friends just outside of this, so yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's a lovely community you've got here, yeah. and thank you for talking to us. You're very welcome, thank you. Okay, next I'm here with Ashling McAleese, who is also my wonderful sister-in-law. Hi, Ash. Hi, Ricky. Um, can you tell me what wonderful human got you started into parkrun? Oh, there was this fantastic human. Um, she's, she's my sister-in-law as well, called Ricky from Australia. <laughs> Woo, that's me. Um, what do you love about parkrun? This is your second so far. Do you think you're hooked? This is my second so far. Yeah, and no, what I liked about coming around this time is I kind of started the run thinking I need to beat myself from last week. So yeah. that that was quite good. I like that. I thought I would, yeah, maybe been a bit competitive with other people, but I'm just competitive with, with myself, which is probably better. <laughs> yeah, and that's what parkrun's all about, really, just being, um, trying to, you know, better yourself and beat your own time. So will you be back? Yeah, I'll definitely be back. I wouldn't mind trying out some of the other parkruns across Northern Ireland as well, yeah. but yeah, I'll definitely, definitely be back. Great. Thanks, Ash. Bye. Bye. Okay, next I'm here with Tracy McCulloch. Did I get that right? Yes. <laughs> She's a volunteer here. How are you today? I'm great, thank you. So what's, are you always a volunteer or do you run as well? Well, I did start off running at Colin Glen and then I volunteered and I have been volunteering for now almost two years. Oh, very good. I, I, I enjoy the volunteer role. What do you like about volunteering? Oh, I love it. I love meeting everyone each week. I've got to, know, I've got to make really good friends every yeah. week at Colin Glen and I just love the community spirit here. It's just, it, it's worth getting up on a Saturday morning for. Oh, that's so lovely. And there are a lot of friendly people here. I've been um, really welcomed into the group, so... It's it lovely. It's a really friendly park run. Everyone gets on and everybody has made friends. And you see it every week, everybody getting to know each other. It's great. Yeah, yeah that is great. So what's your favourite um, volunteer role? My favourite volunteer role is the scanner. Me too. 
<laughs> because you get to chat to everyone, right? Exactly. You used to call me Scanner Tracy because okay. I used to try, but I do enjoy doing the scanner. But any job, really. I also like um, volunteering, marshalling at the lake. Yeah. Um, known to bring my music up there. Oh, yes. And blast the music and have a bit of fun up there. <laughs> I like to have a bit of fun that up there. That sounds fun. fun. Yeah, definitely. Now, one thing that is quite different here to probably most Australian park runs is that you have an indoor room where you kind of meet and gather. Um, we normally just are outside in a you know barbecue area or something. But what's the advantage of having the room, do you reckon? Oh, it's fantastic. That's a real benefit to Colin Glen, um, especially in the colder weather, obviously. But not only that, it actually gets people to speak to each other rather than just getting their barcode scanned and heading home. Here they get scanned and they come in and you can see friendships over, even over the past two years I've been here, you see friendships starting to grow, you see people starting to come and meet on a Saturday to try and help each other out getting PBs. It's fantastic, it's just great to have everybody together in the one place speaking to each other, it's great, yeah. great community atmosphere and great fun, actually great fun. Yeah, And that's what parkrun is all about really. That's what parkrun is to me, fun. I'm not a runner, I'll be honest, I normally just power walk, I'm not a great runner, as you can see, <laughs> but parkrun to me is about fun, yeah. I love the fun element of it. Definitely, well thank you so much Tracy. Thank you very much, it was lovely to meet you. Bye. Thank you. All right, and here I'm with Shauna, and she is the run director for today. How are you, Shauna? I'm fine on this lovely morning in Belfast. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Um, just a few questions about Colin Glen now. Um, how long has it been running for? We will be running two years this October, so we're still fairly new, fairly fresh, but two years this October. Oh, congratulations. That'll be good. Um, was it a difficult event to set up? Did you get a lot of support from local government? We did. Get support. We got support obviously from Park Run UK, and then we're very lucky in that we're part of a separate trust. So this would be Colin Trust, and Colin Trust would get a lot of funding from the neighbourhood. And we're lucky in that they allow us to use their facilities and use this building. So we're lucky in that sense of a way. Not only did we have Park Run UK, we also had a number of very good people who would have started other park runs in Belfast, and they came up then to start this run. So there was plenty of help. Yeah. Oh, that's really great. Um, what kind of numbers do you get? Our numbers vary. In the beginning, we had some weeks where we only had maybe 10 to 15 and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to continue with the run. Now we vary anywhere between 50 and 100 each week. We also have what we call takeover weeks. We would have a lot of GAA clubs, which are the Gaelic Athletic Association clubs in the area. So there are weeks when they will come and take over Park Run, and then the numbers will be exceptionally higher than normal. And we get great, great help out of that. They also get great help, and it encourages more and more people to come to Park Run. That's great to hear you have a good relationship with the local athletics clubs. Yeah, we do indeed. Um, so... The course, I mean, the course is amazing. Do you get many tourists as a result? We do. I think what happens is there are ones, you've seen yourself this morning with yourself. We'd also Carrick Fergus, who, who brought a crowd with them, because we would be one of the more sort of woodland areas within Belfast. Belfast is the, the, city, the main city, obviously, in the north of Ireland. So because we have a woodland that's sitting in the middle of such a, a busy area, a lot of people come and do it once and they're so amazed at the lake and the waterfall and the Gruffalo Trail and yeah. obviously the general woodland that they then encourage other people to come so we now do have a reputation for being one of the most beautiful park runs in Belfast. Absolutely I think that I've never done any other of the Belfast, 
the Belfast Park runs, but I'm happy to go along with that. Yes, you'll have to try them and make up your own mind, but I think you'll still agree with us that this is the most beautiful park run. Absolutely. Now, my last question, um, what is it like in winter? (sighs) Now, winter can cause us some problems. We have on some occasions had to close due not necessarily to snow. We wouldn't get an awful lot of snow here, but we would get a lot of ice. So obviously whenever it's icy, it's too dangerous, at which stage we have on on maybe a handful of occasions had to close the park run but we're very lucky in that we've someone does a pre-run every morning so we do give plenty of notice to the runners which then allows them the opportunity to go to one of the other park runs in Belfast the other park runs would be maybe five or ten minutes away from this run so there's always one that they can go to if we have to close but apart from the ice there is nothing stops us calling Glen Park runners <laughs> that's great thank you so much for having me and thank you so much I've really coming. enjoyed my time here okay. thank you Okay, I just had to speak to two people, Nicola, who is on her 100th park run, and Bobby, who is on his 20th, uh, sorry, 200th park run, Um, and you've chosen to come here to Colin Glen. Um, Why did you choose to come to Colin Glen for this milestone? Basically because Colin Glen, although it is a very tough course and there's a huge hill in it, the scenery is beautiful, it tends to get a smaller group because it is such a tough um, park run but really it, I love it for that and because people are so friendly so for that reason I came along and did my 100th here. Great and you've done most of your park runs at Carrick Fergus, is that right Bobby? Uh, yes, we live at Carrick Fergus, so we've done most of our park runs there, although we like to travel around and do as many different ones as possible. And you've done all of the ones in Northern Ireland? Yes, so currently are 24, so we've been park run tourists. Um, last year we did a 24 um, park run challenge, and we're going to go to the inaugural um, 25th park run in Northern Ireland, which is down in Castlewell on the last Saturday in September. So is there an exclusive club or anything for the people who have done all of the ones in Northern Ireland? Well, um, certainly as a running club, as Sea Park um, AC, we did the 24 um, Park Run Challenge, but there a number of people have taken it up as a challenge, but it does tend to involve getting up very early on Saturday morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main problem. <laughs> Absolutely. And what do you love about Park Run? Like what, what does Park Run mean to you and how come you keep coming back? Uh, well, part of the atmosphere and the uh, the camaraderie at Parkrun, uh, the uh, the marshals and how everybody's treated is uh, is wonderful. I think it's a really nice atmosphere. It's friendly and it's like a family atmosphere. It's not like a race that you go to, and uh, we we love it. It's great to get out uh, every Saturday morning too. Absolutely. Well, congratulations to you both, and um, good luck. Thank you very much. Okay, and lastly, I'm here with Claire. She's the joint ED here at Colin Glen, and you took over in January. Um, what do you think is different about Colin Glen Parkrun um, to other parkruns in Northern Ireland? Colin Glen Parkrun, they're laughing at me, sorry. <laughs> Colin Glen Parkrun um, is different. We bring the fun into it. It is a community and it has a community feeling. Yeah. We do have a lot of father, what we call park run tourists, who have heard about yes. the atmosphere here and yeah. visit, as was seen this morning. Yeah. We had a crowd over from Carrick Fergus. 
Yeah, so that was really nice. Yeah, you, there's a, definitely a lovely bunch of people here and I felt, uh, this is only my second time that I've been at Colin Glen, but I felt very welcomed and, yeah. and part of the crowd already. Um, now, you were talking about um, you love a good dress-up day. Um, so do we in Australia, so please Brilliant. tell us about it. We do. We, we, we're actually in the process, Deirdre and I have tried to find a theme for our second birthday, mm-hmm. uh, which is the 7th of October, and it also coincides with the 100 Park Run. Ah. So we're currently looking for ideas, so feel free to share. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're trying to think of a good theme. Someone suggested as we're in the forest, Robin Hood. Yes. <laughs> or, or maybe you could dress up as um, the Gruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could give that a go. We yeah. could give that a go. Uh, Easter, Christmas, big dress-up times. Yep. Last year, Halloween was a scream. Yes. It was so funny. Yeah. The local community were highly entertained when we had to stop at shops to get milk, etc. And we're yeah. all dressed up. <laughs> I think it was a skeleton. Yeah, surprisingly. But yeah, it was good. Good fun. Yeah. Oh, very good. Uh-huh. Um, well, I really want to thank you for having me. It's oh, been really you. great. And um, yeah, I'll, I think I'll pop down again. Oh, please do. Absolutely lovely. And keep in touch. Great. We Say will. hi to Australian park runs. <laughs> Absolutely. So hi from hi from Northern Ireland oh, to yeah. Australia. Yeah, thank you so much for all the way from Colin Glen and West Belfast. Colin Glen Park Run. Have fun. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ricky. Yeah. Scotty, don't you just love the sound of an Irish accent? Does it not put a smile on your face? It does. It does. It's so funny. They're funny. I mean, they probably think we're funny, but it's it's a funny accent. Can you have a go at it? It's not funny. It's musical. Oh, look, I can only have a go at it when I'm trying to be a pirate and I've had too many to drink. No, come on. We've just listened to about five or six minutes worth. There's there's plenty of examples there. (gasps) You have a go. No, I've I've done – I've embarrassed myself already. Yeah, well, you told me you didn't want me to make you laugh this podcast, so I'm going to – Refrain from trying to do an Irish accent. Okay. Also, out of respect for all the wonderful people that Ricky just interviewed. And um, maybe another time. Now, awesome work by Ricky. Ricky's my gun reporter and she's delivered again. Now, this weekend, Scotty, we've got a couple of launches. Um, Interestingly, one of them has changed names before it has even launched. So, previously known as... The Barossa Bush Gardens Park Run is now going to be called Nuriutpa. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, is how is it going? Try again. Nuriutpa. Really? That's how that's how you pronounce it. Otherwise known as Nuri to the locals. Nuri. Okay. <laughs> Why are you giggling at the way I pronounce it? I've I've been there. That's that's how it's okay. called. It just didn't sound right. Well, how do you pronounce it? Well, I haven't even tried, but that didn't sound right. Well, have a crack. Nuri. Oh, you actually you're probably right. Yeah, it just sounded funny. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the maybe I was still in the mode of the Irish and talking about a park run called Colin Glen. Um, Colin Glen's a lot easier than Nuri Utba. Or Nuri. We're going to call it Nuri. That, that'll be easier for those of us who aren't local, I guess. And that, of course, is in South Australia. Yes. And they're launching on the same weekend that Redcliffe in Queensland is also launching. And you know what? My money is on that being an absolutely massive launch. Why do you say that? Well, because it's very close to Sandgate, who hasn't had... A, a very close neighbour for a very for like ever. 
effectively. It's going to be a beautiful coastal course. It's in close enough proximity to Brisbane and the CBD and their surrounds there. And I think everyone is really, really chomping at the bit for another event launch in southeast Queensland. So I, I really think it's going to be quite large. Okay, a massive launch. That's good. We're sending the boss. Oh, excellent. So everything's going to be under control. <laughs> massive launch. And we also have a couple of anniversaries this weekend, which may or may not have cake and donuts. Where are we celebrating? In Victoria, in Melbourne, Pakenham. Excellent. And in Northern Territory, we've got Palmerston, the second event after Darwin, to be up there. And they're already celebrating an anniversary. That's awesome. Well done. Two peas. Two peas on the same weekend. They lined it up, I reckon. They got together and said... This is the pee weekend. <laughs> it sounds terrible when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> but then Redcliffe and Nuri ruined it all this year. Nuri. Nuri. See, I already got it wrong. <laughs> <sighs> is it time yet for our streaky September roundup? I think it is. Okay. What have you got to report on week two? Are you still streaking? Still streaking. It's... No, it's going well. I thought it was – it's definitely a challenge. There's no doubt about that. It's a challenge. But I've been – the pressure's been taken off me a little bit with this injury. And now what I've been doing the last couple of nights is going out with um, Yvonne and Kasha. And and they're just in the the 2K build-up mode. Mm -hmm. We've built up to running 3K, for example, the other night. Fabulous. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a great thing to do. Just go, go for a walk for 20 to 30 minutes with your loved ones. I highly recommend it. You actually get a chance to talk away from, you know, technology. Isn't it nice? Yeah, yeah. So we've decided that we're going we're gonna to try and continue it. Maybe not every night, but definitely it's going to be a more regular thing for our family. So as far as I'm concerned, Streaky September is already a winner. Awesome. And have you been throwing any bingo with an E challenges in there? <laughs> let's let, let's go back. How are you going? Oh, well, I'm I'm still streaking. Streaking is still happening. Uh, some days it has been harder than others. Last night was one of those days where you just sort of got the end got to the end of a really busy day and you went, "Oh, that's right. We still haven't struck yet." Um, but yeah, no, I'm I am doing more streaks in the actual daylight, so I'm getting a little bit more organised. I finally got to bag a park run on the weekend, so that was good. I didn't have to worry about it on Saturday night, at least. And, um, yeah, no, it is, as you say, it is a challenge. Some days just to go, oh, yeah, well, we don't want to break the streak yet. So, And uh, since last week, Wes has broken the streak, so the whole family... The whole family is not still streaking. He he does accompany us on most of our outings. However, he's managed to skip a couple, um, you know, under the guise of sleeping, needing to spend time with his grandma because he was sleeping before when she came to look after him, etc., etc. I mean, they're all weak excuses, but you try arguing. Can you let him know that he's let me down? <gasps> Well, you can tell him yourself this weekend when you go streaking with him. 
It's a bit awkward in person. I like to deliver my <laughs> messages like that. Your bad news via other people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. It works better for me. <laughs> okay. And then there's less no. awkwardness when we meet on the weekend. Because you can both just pretend like nobody said yeah. anything. Yeah. He knows I'm disappointed. We don't have to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Hmm. I'll let him know. But back to bingo. Back to bingo. The bingo card was released this week on Facebook, which was good. I just wanted to quickly touch on the, the, the E. Um, uh-huh. I, was, I was confusing my dingoes with my chingos. Okay, what's a chingo? Oh, you don't I'm know. Not, the no, small, I'm the not small tropical flea. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I can see how you would get a large mammal confused with a small tropical flea. Yeah. So that's what I was thinking of mm. when I <laughs> said that. Um, <laughs> and how long did it take you to find chingos? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh. It's very easy to confuse dingoes and chingos. Well, tell me, how do you even Google, like, did you have to type in, what's a word ending in G-O-E? Because it's not like you can type into a dictionary and look something up from the start of the word, because it's the end of the word. I'm offended. I'm offended you don't (laughs) believe me. Okay. You'd be be offended. I'll send you a picture of an x-ray of... Of uh, an appendage next time I have a stack, and we'll just see. <laughs> okay, but it's actually really easy. You just Google words ending in G O E, and there's only three. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other two? Uh, you don't remember. <laughs> <I don't> remember. <laughs> <laughs> they, they obviously weren't as good as a small tropical flea. But I was quite, I was quite excited when I saw that um, one of them was a small tropical flea. Okay. So it kind of made sense. Now, spelling of the challenge title itself aside, have you actually done any of the streaks? How close are you to being able to yell out bingo? Um, the uh, the contentious one, and, and I've still said all along that uh, it's going to be the fun one, is the, the gym jams, the pajama mm-hmm. one. Yeah. But um, I've streaked with a friend. Okay. I've, done a, I've done a park run. Yeah. I've done the selfie. There's so, three of the five, not yep. including the bonus point. Yep. So I've got the Freedom Run coming up this weekend mm-hmm. and potentially the Jim Jam one coming up this weekend. Oh, Depends how you... much wine we drink in the brook. <laughs> You're, bringing your... <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing your PJs for the weekend. Maybe I should do that. Maybe yeah. we should all do that. We'll, we'll, we'll let the whole party know. Yep. Mm. Okay. And what was the bonus one? Bonus with a podcast. Yeah, streaking with a podcast. We didn't actually stipulate that it had to be our podcast, so any podcast would be okay. So I've still got that to go. And and yourself? How are you tracking? Uh, well, I have struck with a friend. I dud, dud. I dud a struck selfie. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's that tropical flea must have been biting me and it's affecting my language skills. Um, and I've, I've struck a park run. So I've, I'm the same as you. I've done the same ones you've done. I still need to do the freedom run. I still need to get the gym jams out. And I haven't actually done one with the podcast yet. So maybe when this gets released, I can listen back to our conversations later in the week. So we're on a road trip this weekend. We're both heading to the Barossa 
but we're going to try and sneak in some freedom runs on the way. Now, have you you've run in South Australia? I've only done Mount Gambier. I've done Torrance in South Australia. Okay, so we're not virgins when it comes to South Australian park runs. Not entirely, no. And no. we've chatted to quite a few different uh, event teams down that way too, just on the podcast. We have. So, yep. so we've been around virtually the uh, South Australian landscape a little bit. Yes. Our number one news reporter hails from South Australia. He does indeed. So we're hoping to catch up with PK. Yep, that'll be great fun, meeting meeting the Channel 5 news crew in the flesh. Yes. So it's going to be fun. It will. I look forward to reporting on the adventures in the podcast next week. Thanks again, Mel. It didn't make me laugh too much. There were a couple of times there, but uh, I soldiered on. Yep, you, you held it in and didn't crack any of those bruised ribs. Maybe next time. For those of you who didn't catch it because it was not actually said, this has been episode 81 of the Parkrun Adventurers. <laughs>